listening to the OK Fame Show, the premier place for all your professional wrestling news and needs. Now, here's Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame. What is going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame here, and man... What a very intriguing Monday Night Raw that we just had finish up here, uh, taking place at the Smoothie King Center. We're of course going to be talking about all the things from Raw, the court, the King of the Ring quarterfinal matches, which were awesome, the women's matches, the contract signing, and and <clears throat> Bailey turning heel. Yeah, I can't believe this is actually a thing. It's something they're actually going to pull the trigger on. Bailey apparently now turning heel. I'm I've got the smile still on my face. From seeing Bailey just wailing on uh, on Becky Lynch at the end of Raw last night, man, what a <laughs> what a treat and to behold. A lot of stuff to cover on Raw tonight. Thank you guys for joining us here for the September third edition of the OK Fame Show. Of course, right here on YouTube, we're also on Twitch, Facebook, and pretty much everywhere you guys can find audio podcasting platforms. We're on Anchor, iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play, Spotify coming soon and also tune in we just got on to tune in so appreciate you guys listening and or watching us wherever you guys so of course if you guys are new here make sure you hit that thumbs up subscribe to wherever you guys are listening or watching and of course make sure you share us on social media hit me up on the twitter at okay fabe always love tweeting with you guys during the shows um but the focus of this of today's episode is obviously going to be the huge amount of stuff coming out of Raw. Uh, I thought Raw was absolutely a treat in and of itself this week. Uh, I'm not saying that there were definitely not things to uh, to critique the show about, but man, uh, leaving a lasting impression on us with Bailey at the end of the show was, I think, uh, something that uh, definitely needs to be discussed and definitely needs to be merited. Um, I guess we might as well talk about this in the beginning because it's the lasting impression. It's the last thing we saw at the end of Raw was Bailey attacking uh, Becky Lynch after kind of having a face-to-face confrontation with uh, her friend Sasha Banks, who, of course, was very verbal about uh, Becky Lynch earlier in the evening and even saying earlier herself that she would not be overshadowed as she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, This, to me... Uh, could open up so many different possibilities, especially with Sasha being heel now and being the the essentially the top heel female uh, for Monday Night Raw. And like we talked about on la- yesterday's episode, kind of being potentially a long-term rival for Becky Lynch. I think that the key to this is that Bailey does not get lost in the shuffle. And her words do speak a little bit of truth when it comes to uh, her, you know, not being left in the dust or being second fiddle, uh, when being the SmackDown Women's Champion, where Becky's getting a lot of the mainstream focus, a lot of the attention. She's on the cover of the WWE 2K20 video game with Roman Reigns, and so you know Bailey, who, yes, she's a former Raw Women's Champion, but being SmackDown, you know, supposedly the brands are on equal footing, so there's a lot of uh, truth to what she's saying as far as, um. You know, maybe her reasoning why she's attacking Becky Lynch. I loved the suddenness of it. I loved um, how the fans popped for it. Uh, reminded me, ironically, of when the pa- fans popped for Becky turning heel on Charlotte at SummerSlam last year. Or, yeah, that last year, which started her whole, her whole push. Uh, so many things about it. I loved it. It's great. I'm looking forward to it. My, my fear is always the same fear that is they don't know where to go with this but we'll talk about that a little bit later on but uh so far i'm loving you know just from the initial reaction the initial plant of this 
uh, hitting a home run with Bailey turning heel on Sasha, or excuse me, on Becky Lynch, excuse me. So, Raw in general, though. Raw was another weird show, and I know I, if you guys have followed me for a long time, if you guys have heard uh, me talk or do reviews or do like the, the random wrestling podcast or, or different Raw reviews in the past, you, you tend to know that I, I, I do use the phrase that a show was weird, uh, maybe more frequently than I should, um, and no doubt I'm, I'm guilty of that, but this definitely had a weird vibe to it. We did have two very awesome King of the Ring qualifying ma- uh, quarterfinal matches. Uh, we did have a, I felt like, very sloppy start to Raw with the contract signing, which supposedly will be uh, vindicated next week by none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of positivity going into next week's Raw, but there's also a lot of good in this week's Raw. By no means was this a perfect show, but at the same token, I also wholeheartedly believe this is definitely not uh, one of the worst shows they've ever no, no doubt. There's definitely things to admire about this. Um, contract signings in general. I mean, we started things off with a contract signing with Michael Cole there to ask uh, to ask questions. Uh, starts talking about the fact they have to defend the Raw Tag Team titles against Root Ziggler. Rollins just says he'll take care of business like always. And Strowman says it'll be awkward for Seth when his own tag team partner beats him for his title. And it, it's it, it felt very by the numbers. And unfortunately, I saw this coming a mile away. Um, when two weeks ago they won the tag team titles, and you know, with the exception of AJ, there really wasn't, and I still don't even know what the hell they're gonna do with AJ Styles. Um, you know, with with, um, with AJ being the only person who's really been engaging with Seth since SummerSlam, um, and then Braun seemingly coming out of left field, a guy who didn't even have a match at SummerSlam, and not only like I'm gonna I'm gonna save you, partner, and then comes in and and and. Uh, helps him win the tag team titles, you kind of just go like, well, that was had to have been done for a reason. Granted, there are things that have happened in wrestling that don't happen for any particular reason, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall. So when they announced that they were going to be facing each other for the universal title at pretty much no more than a handshake, I found it very odd that there needed to be a contract signing in the first place. And again, contract signings always go swimmingly. I, I really think... There's only been maybe a handful of times that I can remember a contract signing in pro wrestling either not having any sort of physical confrontation or really to me being even that memorable. I think the only two that I can remember and recall as a fan that I actually liked or can like remember because they're almost all the same. Uh, the first one was when Triple H and Stone Cold uh, signed a, uh, I think it was for their match at Survivor Series, I could be wrong, but the idea was that there was a clause in there that after they signed it, they couldn't touch each other until the pay-per-view or they're fired, and Austin signed his, Triple H pretended to sign his, pedigreed Austin, Vince is like, you're fired, he goes, I didn't actually sign the contract, and then signed the thing, just because it was so damn clever, and the other one was the uh, supposed contract signing with CM Punk, where he was supposed to sign uh, to stay with WWE, this is right before his Money in the Bank departure, he didn't. Those are the only two I really remember. Everything else just kind of blends into you. Uh, but of course, um, start going back and forth. AJ Styles hits his music. Uh, Cole is trying to conduct official business style. Cuts in to talk about the history being made at Clash of Champions. And surprisingly, a champ breaks out for him. Uh, he does the exhibition thing about Strowman getting a title shot. Believes the U.S. champ should get a title shot. Not the champ's tag partner who they just like to stare at the belt. He makes fun of the fact that there was, you know, there's some build at least there. Strowman, um... Of course, just staring at the title and, and a match happening. He also complains about Bobby or uh, Robert Roode, again, Ziggler getting a tag team title shot. They're not even a real damn team. Hallelujah. At least someone actually has the 
standing here. Makes the threat that if the OC don't get what they want, no one else will get the, get what they want. Cole tries to get him, get uh, stop him, and he screams, "Shut up, Cole! I'll slap your teeth down your throat!" Which uh, got an amazing reaction to the crowd. Uh, Styles proceeds to get in the ring and tear up the contract. Then a big brawl comes out, which of course leads into the tag team match of Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins against the OCs, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Um. I really want to know what's going to happen with AJ Styles. Like, you know, going into the Clash of Champions, right? You you look at what AJ Styles has been able to do with the U.S. title. Him and Ricochet have had some really good matches. I'm surprised they're not going for another one of this. We'll talk about Ricochet a little bit later on with the King of the Ring quarterfinal matches. But, like, they're, they're like <laughs> it's just bizarre to me that... um, AJ, who has... I know this phrase is used very commonly. I know this phrase is used a lot. AJ, who has helped build up the U.S. title a little bit in the short time he's had this rivalry with Ricochet, and then you go into a pay-per-view that literally the premise of the pay-per-view is every championship is being defended. We're uh, a little over a week away, and I have no idea who the hell he's going to fight. I said yesterday on the on the show that I thought that maybe uh, Rey Mysterio would be a good fit for him. I know it's short notice. Um, there's still a chance that could happen, but it just seems like AJ's just the 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 the, the pot stir of this whole Braun Strowman Seth Rollins thing, and that's exactly what we pretty much saw in this matchup, which was the whole story of can the can the tag team champions coexist? And the thing is, I don't mind that 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 rival that idea. In fact, you know that that whole premise of like tag teams that can't get along or can they get along has worked tremendously in the past. You know, look at Team Hell No. Um, which, by the way, subsequently, awesome cheap plug. Got to check out. There's a there's a bit of um, I think it's I think it's WWE Untold about Team Hell No. Um, you gotta go check it out on the network. It's good stuff. But like stuff like that worked because they gradually built into it. This is literally Strowman's got nothing to do. Seth doesn't have an opponent. We need a reason for them to fight against each other. Um, sure, why not? I'm not even saying that the match is going to be bad. In fact, honestly, out of all the matches at Clash of Champions, it's probably the one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most because it's going to have a similar dynamic with Seth and Brock, but I'll get to that when we get closer to the Clash of Champions next week. But just in general, um, I it, it, it just it, you, it feels so forced, and that's the problem I have with the whole thing. Um, of course, Rollins took a beating step, Strowman for the hot tag, came in, got rolled up by Anderson before reversing it, and of course hitting the, uh, hitting the win for the win. Hitting his move for the win. Good God, I can't talk. Immediately after Styles attacked Rollins, Seth cleared the ring, and when Strowman went, went to help on the outside, he inadvertently ran into Rollins. He was doing that thing where he runs the barricade and just, like, you know, steamrolls people. Of course, he gets upset. And of course, before it can go any further, Rude and Ziggler show up and attack the OC, recover to assist the mauling. Um, while Rollins down, the five of them went after Broad. Seth recovered, rushed to the ring, took a beat down for his troubles. Strowman got back up and was just too overwhelmed. So, I mean, the idea is that they're obviously planting the seeds for the continuation of the, can they get together? I mean, they have one week. I didn't realize Clash of Champions was so soon. I thought that Clash of Champions was like the end of September. It's like a little over a week away, folks. It's not that far away. So, it's just like, holy crap. Um, so, just craziness. But, of course... Um, it doesn't end there. They get to a backstage interview with Cedric Alexander. He asks, She asks uh, how he's preparing for Baron Corbin this week. He says he saw Corbin sitting on the throne pretending to already have won. And then, of course, just gets blasted by the OC. Now, um, I thought instantly that's like, oh, crap, great. Baron Corbin's getting a bye, and we're going to get Corbin versus Ricochet in the semifinals, which is the final one for Raw. 
But uh, no, we get something different, which I'll, I'll get to a little bit later on. Um, we go back to the ring, though, and, and apparently a match happens between Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder against Rude and Ziggler. Of course, Rude and Ziggler need to get the victory here because they're going to be the ones that dethrone Strowman and Seth Rollins for the tag team titles. Um, and if you don't already see that coming a mile away, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, I just don't. I just don't get why there's so many good like. There's so many other good compare. I mean, hell, why couldn't you just let the OC get the tag team title shots? I I know that people are probably rolling their eyes like, oh, I thought there were no more rematches. Well, yeah, we've said that for couple of months but we're still getting title rematches across the board but i mean at least it makes sense to having aj involved and like trying to get the his boys the tag team titles but you know what i mean like at least that makes sense and then you have all i don't know just it just it's confusing it's confusing um especially where we don't get any follow-up with the viking raiders and anyway I'm, I'm rambling on Anyway, we get uh, apparently a matchup between Lacey Evans and Natalia up next. Before Evans could finish getting her entrance done, Natalia's music hit ran down. Waited for Evans to turn around and hit her with a shoulder block. She was smiling big when she jumped in the ring and waited for Lacey to join her. Uh, Natty was pretty dominant earlier on, but of course Evans came back and used her tissue to throw in Natty's face. Wasn't looking when the women's uh, right came in and connected clean under her ear. Uh, wasn't enough to get the pinfall here. It was actually a pretty solid matchup. I thought that, you know... With all the matches that we saw with Lacey Evans and uh, Becky Lynch, I felt like it didn't really showcase uh, how good she could be. But with Natalia, for some reason, those two clicked very, very well. I actually really enjoyed the match. Um, as random as it was, um, uh, I'm just glad to, A, see Lacey Evans back on TV and Natalia still doing something. There were some rumblings and rumors that maybe Natalia would have was going to retire, but apparently that not be the case. But uh, solid matchup between the women. i got to give them props to them on that one. So we see Becky Lynch walking around backstage, of course, back from the commercial break. She makes her way to the ring. They promote, of course, her showing up on Austin's show. Uh, she says it's good to be back in Baltimore, and she wants to know where Sasha Banks is. She heard the excuses Banks made last week for why she left after WrestleMania, and Becky thinks it's a load of crap. What happened to you, Sasha? You, of all people, have no reason to be whining. She goes on to talk about Banks being the main focus of NXT, and headlining pay-per-views, while Lynch was relegated to being an afterthought. She brings up Charlotte and Sasha being paraded out in front and center after being called up while she took a back seat. Well, she already taught a lesson to the Flair family, and now she'll do the same to Banks, who she called a delusional little weirdo. She brings up how Bailey was doing just fine without Sasha and that it must hurt, and it also must hurt Becky in the fa uh, is the face of the company now, especially because with all her talent, you should be me, but she's not. Of course, Sasha actually shows up and actually gets on stage with a mic. She goes, Becky, I was supposed to be you. I was supposed to be you. You're right. I was supposed to be you. I was supposed to be the main event of WrestleMania. She says the only reason Becky got all the success she had is the late because Nia Jax broke her face. She said she can make things personal if, if that's what Becky wants. Lynch says she wants to fight right here, right now. Banks resists because she's just not doing anything for free in front of Baltimore. And when she does things she wants, gets a great deal of money. And then she'll wrestle for the Raw Women's title at the pay-per-view, etc. And of course, the last line of love was after Clash of Champions, the man will be the boss's bitch. Loved this. Loved everything about this. Um, me likey Sasha Banks as a heel. I think that is a long overdue. Uh, because with the exception of Team Bad, she's been babyface pretty much the entire time she's been on the main roster. So I'm glad to see the personality change. I think Becky Lynch is the perfect person to do it against. Um, as I said on yesterday's episode, they could really go a long way with this if they're able uh, to pace themselves with this. I think they can really go the distance. Um, the only thing I didn't really, I didn't agree on was the, the comment of, um, you weren't, uh, 
you weren't anything until Nia, you know, you um, you got all the success because Nia Jack broke to your face. She was starting to get the momentum after SummerSlam, so that's kind of, you know, I'm trying to nitpick at her her promo, but that's really the only thing I kind of like. Eh, not really, not um, not really too keen on. But then again, I'm not gonna you know completely squash the whole. She's a fun band, uh, backstage antics from the Street Profits, and of course we get our first King of the Ring quarterfinal matchup from Raw: Baron Corbin and Cedric Alexander. I mean, holy crap! I was blown away by how awesome this match was. Um, I mean, when you have someone of the talent of Cedric Alexander, you know you're going to get yourself some good quality matches. But the two of them together, specifically Corbin, because obviously a lot, a lot of people have not been too um, thrilled with Corbin's matches as of late. Um, or I shouldn't say as of late. In general, I don't think they have. They've been, they've been, um, they've been more uh, not liking Corbin in general. But, <laughs> excuse me. That being said, um, they had a hell of a match. I argue that they might have had um, a better match um, than the later matchup between Samoa Joe and Ricochet in some respects. Um, but of course, the entire story was built around Alexander trying to overcome the injuries that he sustained from the attack from the OC. Um Alexander was a great babyface, but in the end, he got knocked off the ropes and put down end of day, so Corbin advances. I thought, honestly, they were going to skip right through and get to the bye on this one. I thought Cedric was just going to cut from the tournament completely, um, but at least glad that not only did he compete in the match, but honestly, one had one hell of a one, and, and one of the matches I would definitely rank right up there as far as a match that you, uh, I think you should tune into on this, which is weird to think I'm recommending a Baron Corbin match to watch. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I might be getting sick. Anyway, uh, we get a recap, of course, from the Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan situation on SmackDown. Uh, way to lead into Bryan still wanting an apology that apparently we'll all get that tomorrow uh, on SmackDown Live, or tonight, I should say. Uh, we also see a tweet from Stone Cold Steve Austin that he was sick of the way the contract signing happened. So apparently next week, as Raw emanates from the Garden, Madison Square Garden, New York, New York, we're going to see it one more time. Strowman and Seth Rollins in another contract signing, but this time it's moderated by Stone. Austin, holy crap. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. We get an interview from Bailey, who is, of course, immediately asked about Sasha Banks. Bailey chooses not to make a comment about what Banks has been doing. Russo then pushes and says she must have talked to Sasha. Bailey confirms that you have de-talked, which we'll go into detail because it's personal. We all know what happened at Mania. She took her ball and went home. That was her choice, but not mine. She's a SmackDown Women's Champion. She wants Charlie asked about the match tonight, so she does, and uh, wondering if Bailey feels overshadowed by Becky Lynch. Bailey says she doesn't feel like she's been overshadowed. And the SmackDown title just means Raw, and she'll do anything to win. And that, and that this week it's Alexa Bliss turn. By the end of the night, we'll see who's standing in who shadow. Dun dun dun. Uh, in the ring, we've got ourselves Viking Raiders against Jobbers. I mean, come on. I, I look. I love the Viking Raiders. I think they're one of the best tag teams in general that WWE has right now between all three, or all the brands. I should say all three. There's like five now. But like, I get what they're trying to do to establish them. And I, I, I even, as much as I didn't like the way that the tag team turmoil match ended up last week on Raw with Rude and Ziggler being the rando team, I sort of love the idea of the Viking Raiders and the OC eliminating each other because it, what they were trying to do, in my opinion, was... Show them on equal footing. Show them on on equal playing field. And I thought that was a genius idea. But they never followed up with that. They never finished anything. 
that. So now they're just going right back to squashing guys? Like, I, you have to pull the trigger at some point with them. I mean, they've been on the roster now um, for a while, and it's like, you gotta kind of do something. I mean, they've been on the main roster since, what, WrestleMania, I think? Like, I'd like to see them start getting involved in some long-term stuff. Like, I'm not saying give them the belts right away, but, like, let's pick up the pace here a little bit, guys. I'm getting a little sick of the squash matches, you know? Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast. And guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. But anyway, Banks walking backstage. We stopped for an interview. She asked if she's rooting for her best friend Bailey to win tonight and considering she's teaming with Becky Lynch. She says, I'm seeing what you're trying to do. Get the hell out of my face. Well said. We get Joe and Ricochet in the second quarterfinal match of the King of the Ring tournament. Joe gets on the mic and says that lies have been told. Everyone says that he, they would be King of the Ring. But all those lies can't overcome the universal truth that King Samoa Joe sounds just right. And it sure does, Joe. Seriously, that sounds like an absolute hell of a statement right there. Awesome matchup between the two. Um, it was very similar to the uh, psychology of the Corbin-Cedric Alexander match. Uh, Joe being much bigger, but Ricochet technically proficient enough to overcome his larger foe. Finish, of course, uh, was very interesting. As we saw, basically, Joe had the Kikina clutch locked in on the top rope, but Ricochet pushed him, and they both landed with their back and their arms over each other. So the referee counts the pin, but he's just like, well, I don't know, like, uh, two shoulders on the mat. I don't know why he just got a southern accent all of a sudden, but point is is that he pinned, he, he counted the three count, but didn't really say who won. Got out of the ring, grabbed a headset, told some unknown person they have to take their words under advisement, and then bailed to the back. And, of course, both wrestlers tried that. The ref who won, he says, we're making a ruling soon. And then they, of course, cut to commercial. Uh, backstage we go. We see Strowman asking Seth if he saw the news of Stone Cold moderating next week. Rollins says it was a good thing, probably the best thing that happened from tonight. And Strowman has agreed. Please don't, don't tell me they're going to Strowman heel. Heard Austin gushing over Rollins on the Skype call recently. He doesn't like how this looks. Rollins laughed off the idea that he and Austin are plotting. Rollins has stabbed in the back before, but he's also been stabbed in the back. If Austin wants to come help, cool. Strowman makes it clear if Austin gets in his way, he'll catch hands. So I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to like kind of ramp the idea of maybe seeing Austin and, and Strowman face-to-face -face confrontation, which I, I, I think is kind of cool, but like we all know the writing on the wall with them. You know, like Anyway, anyway, we see um, we see finally one of my favorite segments of the whole show. Yes, it's the return of the Firefly Funhouse, and this might be honestly, this might be my favorite Firefly Funhouse um, so far. We see Bray Wyatt first pop up on the screen. He says, you know, hello, and is, is there, and he apologizes to Finn Balor with the fiend did to him at SummerSlam. It was, really it was very rude, but he winked and smiled and laughed. And then we see the return of Boss Man or Devil Boss or Devil Vince, whatever you want to call him. And he's pissed about Wyatt challenging either Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins to a universal title match at Hell in a Cell. And he's about to fire him, but Wyatt says, I know what he goes, but look what I made, and shows him a bunch of, of dollar bills and starts feeding the... <laughs> Feeding the devil Vince the, the dollar bills until he goes away. And I just, 
I mean, come on. You can't help but laugh, smile, or appreciate that little wink right there. You, you, it, it's fantastic. Wyatt then says Seth and Braun don't make a good team, and in life, in another life, they took something very dear to him. But like, unlike those bozos, he's learned to embrace the concept of teamwork surrounded by all the puppets uh, who help him cope with the pain. He goes, but the fiend helps him inflict it. He says, see you in hell, and then bye, um, which I thought was interesting. I thought he was going to say hell in a cell. Hell. Ah, so many good things about this. So many good things about this segment. Between the Vince thing, the... Um, the subtlety of his challenge. He's he's still saying he wants to challenge either or to a title match. And we'll probably talk more about this when we get probably later on in the week about, you know, I saw a lot of people online about whether or not the idea of, of, of Bray challenging Braun or Seth or being involved in the universal title picture is a good move. And we'll probably talk more about that in length later on in the week. But uh, good stuff. Another great not Firefly Funhouse once again knocked it out of the park. We see backstage with Corey Graves and John Cohn, of course, about the official decision between Joe and Ricochet. He says that, um, well, before he can say anything, Corbin slides in and says they should, you know, they eliminate each other, so he should get a buy into the finals. And, of course, Cohn says, no, neither were eliminated, so technically they both advance, which means next week it's going to be Corbin, Joe, and Ricochet in a triple threat. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be the match of the night. I, I don't care what other, unless they have something from 205 Live. I guarantee you that match right there, that triple threat King of the Rings semifinal match will be the match of the night. Um, that's just my prediction on that one. Of course, we kick it to Charlie. She's joined by Rey Mysterio. Uh, she asks him to talk about the emotional roller coaster he's been experiencing with his family, brings up his son, convincing him to dig deep inside and stay with pro wrestling. Uh, he tells us his son later told him it meant so much growing up inside the WWE family. Can't thank him enough for finding him who he is. And basically saying, I'm not done yet. I have so much more. Uh, accomplish the Rey Mysterio thing. Um, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, but it, it's it, it can go in so many great directions. Um, I just don't. I hope Dominic's not like. I, I hope it just doesn't lead to a Ray Dominic match. It's just not needed, and and there's just so many things. The big thing for me is if this is and and this isn't theoretically. If if this is Ray's last hoorah, right? Because obviously. Ray's older. He's he's not doing this as often as he used to. You know, he he's basically on the part time level at this point. We know he's not in the in, in a spring chicken, as you could say anymore. But really, you have to question like what what's Ray's big goal? Is he is he trying to you know once again win the championship? I wouldn't mind seeing him tie, go toe to toe with the likes of maybe Seth Rollins for a title shot one last time. Um, He's put over Andrade pretty well. I wouldn't mind him putting over Andrade one last time. But you just have to question like what's left in the tank for him and what not necessarily that he can get the job done. I think he can. His his matches with Andrade, I think, are testament to that. But more specifically, what is the big what, what's the best use of Mysterio? You know, that's really the big question I have. Is he better over on SmackDown? If he's he good over on here on Raw? I'm not sure which which is best for him, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But anyway, we get Miz versus Cesaro, which um, was a weird one just because I don't know why they decided to do this matchup. Uh, Miz getting a clean win here. Of course, Cesaro controlled a lot of the match. But Miz coming in at the end. Basically, the idea of this was to kind of build up the fluff. And, and honest to God, I hate to say this, I almost completely forgot the fact that Miz is challenging Nakamura for the IC title at the pay-per-view. I'm like, why are they doing this match? And then they start talking about Nakamura. I'm like, why does that matter? Oh, that's right. Miz is getting a title shot. It's like th this whole... Super the wild card rule is so crazy. I really hope the draft is coming sooner rather than later. 
Main event time, we have Becky Lynch and Bailey against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. It's a women's championship showcase. Showcasing, of course, Raw, SmackDown, women's and women's tag team champions going at it. Wasn't too long in the match before Sasha Banks came out. Becky invited her to the ring. Chose to stay in the entrance aisle during the match. This, of course, uh, late when she found an opportunity to run in. Hit Lynch with a backbreaker, which means the match is thrown out. But Lynch and Bailey technically win VQ. After Banks got a chair from another ring and started attacking Becky with it, Bailey ran into the ring to stop her, grabbing the chair out of their hand. And of course, we saw that infamous moment with Bailey smiling and slamming the steel chair onto Becky Lynch. Crowd going nuts. Show fade out with Bailey still hitting Lynch with the chair shots, which I told you at the beginning of the show is uh, definitely, uh, whew, man, that's uh, that's some good stuff right there. That is some good, good stuff. Raw, I felt like was very. Um, was a solid show overall. I feel like there was enough uh, to go on it. I think that um, we had some he some very good King of the Ring matches. Both matches I would highly recommend, both Joe versus Ricochet and Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Again, Corbin and Alexander surprised the hell out of me, uh, truth be told. Um, really, other than that, the Firefly Funhouse is another fun segment I, I did enjoy. Uh, those were really the key things that took away from me. Bailey's turn at the very end, or you know, sub supposed turn. I know people on Twitter are still correct me. She's not a heel, damn it. Um, but uh, you know, I'm curious where it goes. If they can do it the right way, if they can, if they can finagle it the right way, it can still, uh, it can, it can still go pretty well. I, I just, I want to know where it goes from here and and the handling of it especially if we're going to be keeping these rosters separate very soon, you know, with Sasha staying on Raw and supposedly Bailey on SmackDown. So it could go great. It depends on what the future holds. Next week's Raw is coming at you again. Madison Square Garden, New York, New York. Stone Cold will be overseeing the contract signing again of Seth Rollins and uh, and the man, the, the beast, or man, the, the man amongst men, the monster among men, Braun Strowman. I can't even get his tag name right. Good God. All that stuff. We've got the triple threat King of the Ring qualify a semifinal matchup. That's still going to take place next week on or next week on Raw. It's the go home Raw before Clash of Champions. SmackDown is coming at you tonight. We'll be seeing that, of course, with Daniel Bryan issuing or asking for his apology from Roman Reigns and other King of the Ring matches coming at you as well. Uh, so make sure you guys come back tomorrow for the next installment of the OK Fabe Show as we cover everything and break down everything from SmackDown Live and all the latest in pro wrestling. If you guys are new to the YouTube channel or the Twitch channel, make sure you subscribe. Follow us on all the major social media. All the links are in the description. Make sure you guys download us on your podcasting platforms. Give us an awesome Dave Meltzer five-star rating. You guys know me. I'm Connor, a.k.a. OK Fabe. Let me your thoughts about raw in the comment section below i'll see you tomorrow for covering smackdown live take care and as always take it easy thanks for listening make sure to watch the okay fabe show follow him on twitter at okay fabe and like over on facebook.com slash okay this is the okay fabe show